My audio is not working. Why no work? Put that coffee down. <laughs> it worked. I don't understand. It's like super quiet. Can you hear me? Maybe now? I think I heard you. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. Hmm. Wait a second. We just stopped for some reason. That was weird. It said it uploaded and then it stopped. No. Wait. Yeah, we're not started again. I didn't think that that would cause it to... Workable? I can crank my input levels. I like that you've written Justin's clap in Airtable in the correct spot, and I've literally just, like, scrolled it with a biro on my plywood desk surface. Wait, you wrote on your desk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) With what? With a pen. (laughs) Does it come off, or you just keep writing over? Just keep writing notes on there. It's all sorts of weird things written on there. It's yours. Do what you want, man. Yeah, that's why I own a wide belt sander. Just so you know. <laughs> Let me take this table down real quick. I can clean my furniture. I need to clean my desk. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a that's a clip in itself. Ooh, how goes it? Good, good. I've had a pretty weird week. Hmm. We haven't chatted about this for a while, but I've been loving quotient. Been really oh. getting into quotient. You've been using it uh, with clients. Yeah. Tell I've, me. That's tantalizing. Well, because of our kind of redistribution of roles here, it's meant that I've I'm now the sales and marketing guy, and mm. so I'm now solely responsible for quoting and quoting output. Whereas before, I had Sarah's support in outputting the quotes. So often, I would generate the numbers, and she would build them in zero or in quotient, and she would send them on. Whereas now, I'm I'm the guy checking them reviewing and then building them in quotient and i'm just really loving the you know pinging them off to clients and being able to tell when they open them or don't open them and how many times they've come back and looked at it and it's just i find it yeah super useful and just you know just the simple stuff that we didn't have before being able to add in options and itemize stuff and just drag things around and kind of quickly customize a template yep. to make it more attractive for a customer it's awesome yeah i love that too it's funny because my nature is to go, oh, I wish it was better in this way. That's why I end up being, you know, on like an Autodesk feedback group where yeah, then yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a little too much feedback now. Like <laughs> I've dug myself too deep. But for the, I think I've used it since 2018. It's honestly like the place where I go and find the most reliable info about a job. Yeah, right. It's just always there. Like all the important that needs to get translated to the client. I try to get into the quote. So nice. that it's there is like a contract, right? That's where we agree on things. So yeah, it's been good. I enjoy, it works pretty well with Airtable, surprisingly, and like Zapier, all those kind of things too. Yeah. Have you yeah, had any comments from clients? Yeah, I've had some good feedback from clients. We haven't integrated it into Airtable yet. I think it's got a couple yeah. of hooks in it, but we've kind of held off until we, we weren't sure whether we're going to commit to it. But now that I'm driving it, I'm keen. I'm going to hang on yeah. to that thing. Do you have any issues with the fact that it doesn't generate a tax invoice? Is that an issue for you? Uh, well, like with, I don't know if we talked about clients. this. Oregon in particular has no sales tax. It's a unique one of two states what? in America that doesn't have sales tax. Yeah. I've lived in other states and it's a pain in the ass, but I never have to deal with that ever. Okay. Yeah, I guess not. I don't know. I don't know those caveats. People are wanting like a PDF or something for their bookkeeping. Yeah. So businesses and companies, particularly if we send them something out of quotient, it's just a quote and they can't Mm. put that through their accounting system to be paid by the powers that be because it's not a 
a tax invoice. So then we have to turn it into a tax invoice in zero. Yeah. But that sounds like that's not an issue. Oh. So people just pay directly from oh. your quotient. Sorry, page. sorry. I misunderstood what you said. No, that is still a definitely a friction point for me. I also just take it as a point of making sure that everything's right before I go and invoice them. Yeah, sure. So they don't end up paying something. Well, there, there is no way currently that I understand how to automatically have somebody pay. I've, I've talked to this. Please hold while Justin readjusts his menagerie. Quotient about what I want is the client to be able to immediately pay a deposit without leaving the page. Yeah, that'd be lovely. That's what I want. I don't want them to necessarily pay the whole thing. I want them to, without any other thing, before they leave and they don't have to go find an email or something. So far, no way to do that. If you connect Quotient and Zero, you can do that create invoice thing in Zero, and then I go and edit it, and then I send it to them. Yeah, okay. I've just put in our banking details down the bottom, written the language. The next step is accept this quote, and then here are our banking details to pay a 50% deposit. When that deposit then clears into zero, that's when I generate a zero invoice and send them a receipt, basically, with a hmm. tax invoice. But has got to be a, a pretty decent way to like use the API to, even through zero, create an email that generates something payable. That yeah, then ties back. It, there's got to be a way. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Sure we don't do is. enough volume that it's like... I'm not sitting here throughout a week going like, God, I have so many invoices to, to make. <laughs> <laughs> My stack of money. Now, for me, it's more about that, like you said, being on the same page. So there's no hindrance to conversion. It's just like, cool, I know what I need to do next. Yeah, I'll give Justin for sure. some money. For all of the years that I've used it, that is the thing. People love Quotient. I basically yeah. always used it. I, my first, like, maybe 10 quotes, I think I sent created in excel and then i'd make a pdf and then i'd email it to them (laughs) and that took forever and i was like this has to change and so basically since then i've used quotient people just love it and Mm. and it's almost like a thing we can we make it on a a incredibly painless online contemporary quoting and payment process because it's pretty rare i think but yeah Yeah. the pain point is the break between quotient and paying for me that's the only time people (laughs) get confused they're like where do i pay you know, and I've tried to put in the language like you'll get a separate email with a payable link and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm Jim, the quoting and marketing guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's been done. Yeah. I got it. Awesome. Very well. well done. Well done. It was really loud. Was it loud for you? Same <laughs> God, volume it was, as like, you. like deafening on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Serves you right. Very good. <laughs> so you can you just pipe in any audio from your side now. I lie. I've never done this before, so hopefully I didn't mess up my tracks. But I have a separate track for sound effects, and I have Stream Deck ah. p- piped in so I can do... Put that coffee down. A little that action, but then I just threw an application in for Descript, and I live created that and then connected it to the same track. I've been feeling incredibly stressed, and just like I can't get everything, not even close to like what I need to get accomplished every day. Yeah. And... Haven't found any good solutions there. You know, we're getting a few more inquiries. I'm working on some trickier quotes where I can't get material vendors to reply. Mm. We're chasing the the big news of today, unfortunately, which this could change for all of you that have purchased a dust boot. Right now, they seem to have missed our custom order of strip brushes Ah. when I checked in. And they're trying to tell me it's going to be 12 weeks before they can do them. Trying to figure out how to resolve that so that obviously everybody that ordered mm. in June doesn't have to wait 12 more weeks. Yeah, never fun. I just, yeah. It's frustrating. 
So you don't no solution on that at this stage, TBC? My thoughts today were, so the custom brush is a little bit longer than what we can get from standard lengths. So they're like maybe inch increments or something okay. like that. Yep. And we wanted a little bit longer than three inches. So they were like, cool, we'll do that. Somehow that didn't happen. So we can get the three inch brush now by Friday. My thought is the best thing I can think of is the best for them, best for the customers and hopefully best for us too, is I'm going to reach out to all the people that have ordered and say, here's the scenario, give people the option to wait for the custom one to come in or to make a off the shelf three inch brush and then replace it with the custom one when that comes in and hopefully not get angry emails but Uh, it seems like most people will be all right i think given that most of the people who have probably bought in at this stage are sort of the early adopters fans of pdx already (laughs) friends friends of the brand i would have thought you'd be fine yeah and i think yeah people will appreciate a little manufacturing update and i think everyone i think everyone like all my clients and suppliers now I feel like everyone's on the same page of like, well, the last few years have been hard and this is kind of the new paradigm now of like, it's just harder to get stuff, it's slower to get stuff and we all just continue to get along and like understand that it's more difficult. Like, What's frustrating about this one is it's not even like, oh, we can't get something. They just yeah. ma- made a mistake, which yeah, is yeah. gotcha. understandable, but like the guy made multiple commitments through the process that mm. it wasn't a problem and they'd be shipped by now. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, it's stressful because I'm always stressed a little bit about going on vacation or leaving for, you know, a period of time. And while this was somewhat unplanned to go to the UK next week, mm. it of course felt really close to the time we could be getting the brushes and then be assembling and be shipping. And mm. now it's like feeling like we're trying to triage a, a bigger problem than just ha- having stuff arrive. And I guess I just have to go, what can I do? You know, like yeah. I have to, I have to go and. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. It'll work out. I know you totally know what you mean though. Like I took a day off on Monday this week, my daughter's birthday and just, yeah, one day at home. I mean, I had other stuff riding, riding on my mind, but just, yeah, one day out of the office meant that I came back on Tuesday. I was like, whoa, I've got so much to get through. How am I going to possibly <laughs> catch up? I think I was already feeling behind at the end of last week. And so, yeah, missing that one day kind of, it was a bit overwhelming, but just you can only yeah, for sure. get through what you get through. And uh-huh. I think that's been one of the benefits of running a default diary for me is just like, cool, I'm behind. Yes, but I'm still only going to quote for two hours because that's, that's the rule. Mm-hmm. Consistency is more important than trying to like play crazy catch up and then let other things fall behind. So. Yeah. Do you ever have people checking in on their quote process? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you, you, you're not probably as transparent as like, sorry, I only quote two hours a day. No, but I wouldn't <laughs> have an issue saying that. I've thought I haven't solved this, but I'd love to solve this. I'd love to have some sort of transparent queue system where a customer can almost see how many RFQs we've got or like where they are in the queue. That would be, yeah, for sure. And like, cool i could i've submitted an rfq to like butter and i can see that you know they're based on the rate they're getting through them they're probably not going to get to mine until next week yeah oh i have a, I have I a simple know. version of that you could so do you number rfqs or jobs at all do we number them yeah 
Uh, like of a job number or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I number them as they arrive from the form. I was just thinking you could do like a, I don't know if you've had these things, but like you go to a service desk and like a department store and they're like, now serving number. <laughs> now serving quote 4376. <laughs> right? Like you could just put a little pay that on your website of like what number you're working on and have it stream from Airtable. Like here's the active. <laughs> the active quote, yeah. Yeah. And they can see how far away they are. Uh, the, the bit the where that falls down, though, is that we do qualify pretty hard. So it's like, yes, you submitted an sure. RFQ, but like we might have already either pushed it down the priority list or you're about to get an email saying, no, sorry, we can't help. So I don't know. Or, or maybe you can get Jay to do some magic. And the other version of this would be like when they... If you send like an auto receipt, say currently it takes about 27 Thanks. hours to get a next step, you know, response. And you just average the time from first yeah. status change <laughs> to next. Yeah. No, I'd love to get I that. I want that too. Consistent. If you get that figured out, Jay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We've gotten what I was uh, going to say. On yeah. that note, like I've mentioned it before, but here it's kind of a, they're a newish provider. At least they've been marketing hard to a lot of people, but send cut send is like, maybe you've seen them online. They're like, you basically just send DXFs and uh, they laser cut or water jet or whatever oh, yeah. metal yeah. parts. So we've been prototyping stuff with them. And they, we were talking today, when you make an order, they have like, <laughs> what we were joking is like the pizza tracker. So like you order a pizza from Domino's <laughs> and they have a tracker. Like they nice. have that for their parts. So like cool. some of the parts we have being worked on, like it shows us the exact time they move through each step. And it says my parts are being powder cutted right now since the 8th which is kind of nice. cool. And then what time they expect it to ship. And it's, yeah, it's very, I go back there and check. It's almost like shipping tracking where now I'm like, where's my parts at? That's cool. I've wanted to do that with our Airtable build because we move jobs through production statuses as they mm-hmm. go through different processes. Yeah. And I remember we looked at it maybe last year and we couldn't work out an easy way to sort of share an Airtable listing without kind of oversharing, but I don't yeah. think it'd be too hard to make a little pizza tracker with what we've got in Airtable if someone could go into their job and go, cool, oh, it's in the spray booth this week. Or I suppose the most minimal version, I've thought the same thing and I couldn't think of any way to make it private in any way, I guess. Mm. There's no like passwording. I guess the only way I can think of doing it for us if we ever wanted to go into that process, which... I don't know how beneficial it is, honestly, for us. On It'd be interesting for the client if they actually t- did it. But like you could just have the job number and then like as like an embed on a site. And then when you type that, look it up, oh, yeah. then you could see the status, yeah, like what step it's in. And that would, I mean, if somebody else sees that, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's in Whatever. spray for <laughs> yeah, job yeah. 999. Like, yeah, totally. You could have an Airtable view just with the production status views and the job number views, like no names. Yeah. Do people just have to know their job number? Mm, I reckon you're onto something mm-hmm. there. And then, job you tracker. know, it's, an, it's only going to work for people who are kind of like proactive and interested enough to go and look at it anyway. So yeah. if the interface is a bit weird, yeah. so be it to start with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all those kind of little things, I think, I think they're like stickiness for people that are potential or encourages them to be potential repeat customers Mm. like it's you're increasing the experience especially i mean maybe you feel the same but like here people don't really there's not a lot of embrace of technology in like web 
things for fabricators or people that manufacture. Yeah. It's just yeah. not, there's not a mix of that. Uh, I, you know, that we have any of this pay by web or quote by web stuff mm. is like already a huge step ahead. I feel like, and that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. I have a generic large question. Do a little <laughs> shift here. Generic large um, I, I have a generic large question. I AI have large generic question. Do Insert you generic large question? My generic large question is: Do you, as a company, still feel nimble? Ooh, that is a large question. Or do you think? I guess there's two sides. Do you think your team feels that way, and do you feel that way? Shoot, shoot, man. I should have read the show notes before I got online. I'm going to say less less and less so as we become more structured. I think that naturally phases out the old butter that was incredibly nimble. Mm -hmm. It's slippery butter. We used to pride ourselves on being nimble and just being able to chase any sort of work, any direction. Oh, you want a mm-hmm. fiber optic artwork? Yeah, sure. We'll make one of those and spend 18 months doing it. And then, oh, you want a little plywood thing <gasps> yep. for your market stall? Yeah, sure. We'll do that too. We'll do it all at the same time and not sleep. Yep. And I think, yeah, as we've grown up a bit and started valuing things like stability and sleep and not working seven days a week, I'd say that's yeah. at the expense of being nimble and sort of defining who we are and what we do and what our specialty is and slowly understanding that the more we specialize, the easier it is and the more work we get Mm -hmm. by, like, cutting off opportunities. We're just finding more work, basically. So that's been a really sort of unintuitive, interesting insight as we've moved along. So, yeah, to answer your question, no. That last little bit struck me i've always i think i learned in second year of school this lesson that they very intentionally tried to teach us of like they gave us this super constrained super small site to design a house for yep. which you don't do much house design in architecture school surprisingly but it was it was i think by definition too small for the city and so the the goal was like try to prove them wrong right yep make a house here that feels good and and why does it feel good and I love that. That's like the thing I love about design is the more constraints often it like turns into a better project. Mm, and it, totally, what you just totally. described is almost that same exact thing. Your team and processes being more constrained to certain types of clients or work has proved to be better for you, mm. which is interesting. I, I don't think I would guess that to be the case, but no, it makes sense. It feels really unintuitive to me. And I think it's been a challenge me and some of the other sort of long-term staff of having come you know spent years in that model of just like we can do anything Mm -hmm. it's a big shift of in thinking to no this is what we do and this is what we do well so we're just going to do that and no we're actually going to say no no to that rfq because it doesn't meet a certain set of criteria but oh but it looks like a really good job but mm, yeah but it doesn't fit these our new targets yep so yeah, pretty weird, but effective is what it seems to be. Effective yeah. is what it seems to be. Wise words from Yoda Master Jim. Uh, 
good backwards. It's it's, a, it's an Australianism, I guess. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, man. Editing last week's podcast to the listeners out there. Last week was the first time that I did the cutting of the audio, and I had to cut out so many weird, awkward pauses of mine. Yep, yep. I, I cut out. We both do that a lot. My friend had recommended to cut out more pauses when I sent him a draft of our first episode. Not and he was really. like, there's yeah. like a lot of pauses there you should cut out. He was like really nice about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I bet most of the editing ends up being cutting out the pauses between us thinking. So it just yeah. doesn't sound yeah, like yeah, we're yeah, just, yeah. hi, have a thought. Hi. And then, you know, like, it doesn't feel weird naturally when we're talking. No, maybe, no. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not as weird as we think. And like my podcast app actually cuts out silence for me, which really? is interesting as it's playing back overcast. It's awesome app. I love it. Weird. How efficient of you. Mm, yeah. No silence. That's good. No it's my AI silence. podcast app. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of a lot of that. Where do you stand on nimbility? Nimbility. I think honestly, wait way too nimble still yep. for all the reasons that you've just described as being good i would love to have found more of a specialty i suppose that continues to grow whereas whenever we get slow i tend with job shop work and we need it i tend to start opening up the focus again the filters. So then we're doing yep. a bunch of small jobs that don't flow well they don't i suppose one of those things right you could focus on is like machine setup that's similar all the time like if we have to tear down a whole thing and set up a new thing or like if you'd probably want to clean the machine out if you're doing aluminum to like stainless and just all those little things that like if you only did for example aluminum jobs you would need to eat that overhead cost but yeah way too nimble i've been thinking about that lately more and more how do i cut things out of this business like the thing my friend always says is you have all these fishing lines, you know, in all these different ideas, digital products and physical products for two brands and job shop work and YouTube videos and courses. Yeah, yeah. And it's just honestly overwhelming at this point. Like I just need to start to kill off something, I think, or the alternative is to hire somebody to help with it. But none of those feel like they would support somebody doing that. So it's really, I don't really have any answers to it because it feels like each one of them has good opportunity. And wonder, I mean, I'm kind of a broken record about this though. No, but I, I totally relate though. Cause it feels so wrong to try and cut any of it out. Like it feels so unintuitive and backwards from the way that we've grown mm-hmm. these businesses to yeah. then start saying no to something that you've always done or yeah, just culling off a whole, Bloodline feels really, yeah, feels really weird. Mm-hmm. It's hard to reconcile. Yeah, I mean, it even feels, even in the microcosm of the last two months mm. of having what was really quite a big change in product sales for us with the dust boot. Yeah, even though it's not a huge number, it was a big change because normally we sell like calendars and some digital stuff, and once in a while something else that's it was a big change and it got me like, it's like, all right, since October, we've been doing this, this other product design thing. Maybe it's paying off now. And then those sales have slowed. And when we would already like kind of shifted away from job, I was like, did I just kill off the job shop work that now we need at this point? Yeah. Just makes you feel like you've made the wrong decision. I think in those moments, a series of decisions and 
and confused. Like we talked about advertising. It's like the advertising doesn't really work to continue hopefully pushing sales further for like job for product. I kind of just fill in between all those things at the moment. Mm. Like which one of these which so what should I focus on, you know, this week or today? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you just described is an argument for consist like consistently keeping the job shop work going as your sort of backbone. But that thing of like, you know, not yeah. spending weeks or months just focused on product design because then, of course, mm-hmm. your job shop work will suffer and fall off. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record too. But like, you know, quoting job shop work every day as well as moving the product design forward. So you've got this like regular flow of mm-hmm. bread and butter work. Yeah. And you're not, yeah. Because the, the biggest change in our business, I think, over the last year is just the flattening of the wave. We used to be so yeah, up and that down, sounds amazing. You know, chase the work, we get too much work, we stop quoting, and just that constant cycle, whereas we've, yeah, through consistency and sort of focus, I think we've found that we can, like, we can see it in, uh, like, real graphs, like that wave just flattening off. And it's still up and down. Of course it is. It's always going to be up and down, but, like, it's a way flatter line, and it's trending in an upwards direction. So, yeah, I think we're on the right track. But You know, honestly... And- you having said that the last few weeks or just since we've been doing the podcast, we, you know, we knew each other from messaging on like Instagram before I think we'd started slacking, but not super well. And it kind of always figured we had pretty similar businesses and you were a little ahead and experience and progress and things. But you having said that, that there's like a pathway to this making sense, you know, like you're having success with all these things through your coaching, through your focusing on certain types of jobs and work. It's like, it's pretty encouraging. You know, it feels like a light at the end of the tunnel of like, I would say this is the low point by any means, but it's like, it's just really challenging to yeah. be where I'm <clears throat> at at the moment, I feel like. And I, I've always felt a lot of opportunity, right? The conversation I have with my wife all the time, it's this is going to happen someday, right? Like one mm-hmm. of these things is going to work out mm-hmm. <laughs> better than it is now. And I'll just, you know, I can keep, just keep saying Jem says it gets better. <laughs> yeah with focus i think it gets better yeah yeah because it's not like we had a natural progression to this point we've you know we flatlined for years in terms of our progress and you know probably from the tier the 10 year point we were like very flat as a business just like not really changing much very similar sales doing very similar work and then yeah it's only really in the last year or so that we've kind of accelerated that and changed things dramatically and have seen the result started seeing the results of that obviously we've still got a long way to go but yeah 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 Mm. breaking news (laughs) so we just got in an email parts department podcast editing so somebody can edit for us i think they were listening in somehow to this recording we just got an email this, this man offers to edit our podcast for us so i guess we don't have to do that anymore great that's awesome yeah cool yeah i'm not going to give them free advertising but they they claim to be doctors of of this medium (laughs) is it personally addressed yeah i think yeah yeah they did oh i think they they filled in the first line and then uh, I think you got the email too. They filled in the first line and then uh, the rest of it, or maybe they have like a Mad Lib 
Then they're going to remove all the all the ahs, ums, and other mistakes. So obviously, don't listen to our podcast because we already have that done with <laughs> Don and his minions. This man doesn't even listen. Don't deliver it. Don't worry, you won't see this doctor anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I have a recommendation from somebody I think that listens message back and forth forever, but he is adjective frames or ADJ frames on Instagram recommended this book after we were talking about all the sales stuff called boss life mm. colon surviving my own small business, which cool. is a little bit of a tantalizing headline for, for me at the moment. Sure. And so I was working on refinishing my stairs this weekend and I messaged that and I was like, ah, oh, I'll listen to this as an audio book. And it's a little dry. The guy, mm-hmm. similar to like if you've read the E-Myth, like the stories are not great. Like the writing isn't like amazing, but the point is more like he, the guy goes through and details like at this point today, when I came to work, the, my bank balance was this amount. It was like $132,000 and that'll last us 14 days if I don't do anything else. And I was like, whoa, whoa. that's some heavy burn. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't gotten too far through it, but that okay. was a good recommendation. Yeah, right? cool. I'll check it Probably out. I listen to yes. it on the plane. Yeah, I've got a book I want to read, recommended by a friend last week, called Less Is More. Um, ah. He's doing his PhD in architectural degrowth or economic degrowth in the field of architecture. And yeah, got chatting to him, and I I want to chat to him more about it because I'm intrigued, and I want to read this book. So I'll report back on it once I've read it. But what intrigues me about it is. If the I think the concept is I think that economically the world has to slow down if we're going to survive, and mm-hmm. I'm intrigued in terms of how that relates to at a micro level to a small business like ours that's trying to mm-hmm. grow, but also trying to make furniture in a sort of low carbon model. How does you know if someone buys a like butter set of shelves instead of an IKEA set of shelves, is that and we're we're using carbon neutral manufacturing methodologies does does our growth is our growth offset by the fact that we're doing doing that i don't know yeah it's a complex idea and i'm interested sure. to explore it more but i'll get yeah, back on that i don't think i don't know if we've talked about this directly but i have a very like i've gotten over it to a certain degree but part of what was hard for me to make things for other people when i started portland cnc was the feeling of this doesn't need to exist mm. in an ethical sense, a certain material, a way of making like temporal things, like making things for burning man. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know, the last one, particularly I've never actually made something to my knowledge for burning man, but I get quotes like every year RFQs. Yeah. And my thought is they're going to have this done by somebody. Unless like I'm not going to talk them out, right? Somebody's going to do this work. So that's my only excuse for quoting it is to try to make it as minimal of an impact as possible somehow. Yeah, like lesser material. Yeah, Yeah. but otherwise I just feel terrible about it, and I'm Mm. like, why? You know, like even even making your own product. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to make this thing. You know, like, and I have to like almost talk myself into when we have to make something right for somebody else in this business. Yeah. We, in, I think, twenty nineteen, we made a decision to stop serving event companies or people that were making like one-off props for events. Or mm-hmm. if an RFQ came through where it was clear that it was probably for an event, 
we go back asking the question, cool, what's happening with it afterwards? You know, is this just going in a skip in a bin or is it being reused? And so, yeah, then qualifying that job in or out based on their reuse policy, which feels a bit presumptuous, but we were just we were just sick of seeing, you know, we were, this is before we turned, it was around the same time that we turned off MDF as well. So we we're just, you know, making these, you know, MDF boxes for an event that we knew was a big cosmetics show or something, and we were, you know, pretty confident that it was all going to go in the bin afterwards. Unfortunately, really profitable too. Yeah. Those event it's, things. It's profitable work. It's quick turnaround, you know, they'll pay a premium those, for yeah. quick turn and... Yeah, but I suppose, yeah, I get what you're saying about if you take on the work, you can try and do it as best you can. But our take on that was like, cool, let's just yeah. say no and just make it harder for those. Yeah, sure. Harder for those people. But yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's no. I I, I kind of do a slippery slope thing for myself in those circumstances mm. where it's like, well, if I say no to this, then I have to say no to that and that and that and that. And it's like all of a sudden I've, you know, reverse reversed myself out of any profitable work. Yep. And this profession is still going to exist. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like. And. Yeah, I don't know. We we do a lot of efforts to try to, like, minimize waste and always try to, like, offer it as reuse as much as possible when there is drop and stuff. But. Yeah, cool. At some point, it's unfortunate to just, it is what it is. I don't know. Try to use the best things you can. It's not keeping me up at night, but I definitely don't feel good about some of it. Yeah. Yeah. You need a little uh, cricket sample on your stream deck. So when we're quiet for too long, you can just like. Yes. Has has your e-commerce sales picked up? It has. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Don't know why. August, July finished. July was pretty mm-hmm. flat. August started and like literally from day dot in August, it was just like, cha-ching, cha-ching. This is my wife's theory. People got paid. Maybe. Did that money. Or, they, or they paid their rent. They paid their rent it's and continued. then they're like, I have a little money left. Let's get a Bert. <laughs> poor Bert. Poor Bert hasn't, we haven't sold a Bert yet. Ugh. Somebody buy a Burt. Help them out. No, it's been a strong, well, what's it been? Only a week and a bit, but yeah. It was good last week. Solid. It's good. Yeah. What do you do? What I, You always have job shop work, but do you get to the point where there's not enough production work ever anymore? Yeah. Like, then, then what de facto, like, is it R&D time for everybody? Is it cleaning? Is it <laughs> learning? What's the mm. next step? It's usually, it's not that production work ever comes to a grinding halt. It's more because we have four people on the, no, five, typically so five people on the floor at the moment. It's more that it'll they'll come to an afternoon where we've mismanaged the workflow a little bit and one of those people will be like, I'm a bit slow, mm-hmm. I've, I'm running out of things to work on. And depending on who that is, it'll be like, cool, or redirect into R&D time or redirect into sales, helping with sales or, you know, there's always stuff to do. Um, And I think it's dependent on who it is, who's running light in terms of Mm -hmm. where they get redirected. But yeah, runs typically got a sort of secondary focus, I think. 
But like if John runs out of things to machine, he's got a long list of R and D to work on. So you'll switch to that. And mm-hmm. if Aaron runs out of production, he'll come in and help with sales. And so, yeah, it works out. Thing. But yeah, we're trying to find the balance, always trying to find that balance of like how much we're quoting, how much we're feeding in versus how much we can output. And that, you know, that comes back to quoting the right sort of work too, because some jobs will just slow us down and kind of get in the way out there. Yep, yep. And things can grind to a halt just because of the type of work we're trying to do in yeah. large volume versus other jobs that kind of just slip through easily. Mm-hmm. Are well lubricated through the system and kind of flow through nicely and get done and out the door. But yeah. What's well, interesting thinking through what you're saying, but also mm. kind of at the same time thinking about that book I was listening to and how, you know, objective frames. I forget your name, man. I forget. I hate Jim. about Instagram Jim. how you can't see. I, oh, yes, shit, Jim. I hate how on Instagram, like, you can't, like, see people's real names, you know? So, like, I think we introduced ourselves, this guy that recommended the book, forever ago, years ago. But it's, like, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. there anymore. So, I, I don't know. remember. I do the same thing, know, like, scrolling back. Who's this? Yeah, and you Adam, can't go right? back far enough. <laughs> I want to, like, make a note. But anyway, sorry, don't m- remind me your name. I'll have to message you. But it was a good recommendation because I was talking about sales. And, you know, I think in Chapter 2 or whatever, he's talking about, having to hire sales for the first time in 15 years because he literally got carpal tunnel was like the reason he was quoting so many, his commitment was to quote for within 24 hours of receiving mm. an, an inquiry. And so he would stay up just crazy hours trying to like pump out these. And so it's an interesting, he discusses like, it's helpful for me to hear how he went through, even if it was like 20 years ago, going from I'm the only, like our discussion of we're special Nobody's going to learn this to like his first person was an in-house high, like shift from the floor to sales. That person did okay. And then he also hired somebody external for the next person. And just hearing the difference of those people and like how we brought them on and like having no idea how to do it and just his hiring practices that frankly sucked at first and like slowly learned how to, you know, get better at it. Not that mine are good, but I don't know. It's just, helpful to hear somebody else the process i suppose that's why people mm. want to listen to this as they hear us complaining about our problems and trying to figure <laughs> them out yep crickets oh nice interesting john so when are you off to the uk next week i leave monday Oof. get back the following weekend so you're away this weekend for, away for a week all the, we- the work week yeah yeah I still don't really know what I'm doing there. Like it's some kind of feedback discussion thing for fusion, but as part I'm of a thinking about, event? no, it's, no? it's called a manufacturing Cinco. Yeah. I know a few other people that are going, which is nice now. Sweet. And debating. We'll see. I may do, do it. May not, but I might try to make like a little vlog out of the trip, keeping myself busy while traveling alone. Since it's not like an actual vacation might post that depending on what I can share from Autodesk and cool. Otherwise, who knows? I guess on that note, we're trying to record a podcast next week, but I also don't know my schedule. Jim and I live very far apart in time. So if there's not one, that's why. That's why. <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it out, I reckon. Yeah. I, I don't know why. What? By the way, what? my dog is here today. You got a dog. 
Oh. Hunter. Hey, Pooch. Do you want to meet Jim? Oh, hello. Mom is gone. Meow. She's coming to work with me. Yeah, buddy. Awesome. Should we wrap Mm -hmm. it up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Wrap it up. What are you and Hunter doing this afternoon? Gotta do a few more tests, uh, tweaks on the final boot stuff. And we're basically just still tweaking the last weird little, like, literally choosing the drills that are undersized for press fitting, unique to the way that the plastic interacts with pins and magnets and stuff. Because they either go in and stay or they come back out and like, yeah, minor details. The material, two sheets of the material we've ordered has varied by 40 thou, which is a pretty giant amount when you're considering for it. So it's 0.04. It's like a millimeter. And oh, yeah. that's a pretty giant amount when you're trying to like do our little side drilling operation or like it basically invalidates all of the chamfers and depths yeah, yeah. if you don't <laughs> get it right. Stupid stuff like that mm. that needs to be made into a process somehow. That way. Yeah. How about you? Oh, your, your week's done. Well, I'm not quite. I've got, as I remember, a day of quotes and drawings ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Yeah, be good. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, hopefully, I'll I'll see you in. I'll be in another continent. See you in London next. See you. In, so I'll see you. In, I'll see you in uh, the UK. Beautiful. Thanks, Pete. Bye. Bye. I like how you turn my whatever I said into like a belie- like a. Last time, I can just do it for you. <clears throat> yeah, I was just slowing the pitch in. Um, no, not the pitch, just the playback speed in the screw. I did it in that sort of clunky, <laughs> broken way. Just an, an audio experiment, is what this is. <laughs> is that all I am to you? An experiment.